Been too long. Back for 2021. This is uh, Three Deep as part of the Simo Hoffman podcast. Just past the Simo, Nick, myself, Scott. We just sit around and we have a we have a chat about life, have a yarn, a bit of there's a bit of faith talking here, a bit of talk about being married, and then just a whole lot of fun. If you don't mind me saying it myself, you know, boys, I missed you, but you know who I missed more? Who? All our listeners, I missed you guys. I love you guys, but you more saw, than what these guys love them. You saw your wife the whole holiday. <laughs> <laughs> love you, babe. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Coming up on tonight's show, we are bringing back our favorite segment from 2020. You don't know, you in there? Mm. Uh, it's where we take a Bible story that seems all well and good until you read it a second time, and then you realize uh, these. It's a very weird, awkward, crazy. funny, odd, crazy, crazy. Um, as well as that, I'm going to declare this the funniest story that has ever been told between us in any platform ever. 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 The funniest story. Oh. I am bringing it to the podcast right. tonight. Oh, yeah, I'm on it. I hope I hope you're very you're very excited about this that. This can't blow up his ego anymore, can it? Not hit. No, no, no it okay, won't. Good. All right. I can Just I also say I find it very. I was worried about tonight, but it's incredible to see you guys both talking and and sitting in the same room together after. Yeah, well, I've forgiven him. <laughs> so, I, right. I haven't. Well, I'm not surprised. You lack grace and humility, so you know it is what it is. Um, before we start, you told <laughs> me. I mean, I've heard it. I'm back lined up. Too late, mate. You lack respect and talent. Anyway, go on. <laughs> you told me that you'd made a deal with your kids for tonight's show, and I popped it in here at the start. Yeah. Whatever it is, whatever deal you've done. Do you want to do it right off the bat? I reckon. You reckon? But I don't but know I'm what telling it is. you, like, this is pretty good. Like, but I'm none just, of us know what it is. Oh, well, dear. listen, my kids have been watching a YouTube channel called Norris Nuts and they've been inspired. They're budding young interviewers. They've been inspired not only, and in fact. What's the YouTube channel? What, what it's is called it? Norris Nuts. It's a family from down in Newcastle. They've just moved up to the Gold Coast in Queensland. Oh, and welcome, guys. They, uh, they just basically do a YouTube channel of their life, and it's really quite hilarious. Do they get They're advertising wild, money out of it? <laughs> pretty wild family. The young, the young kid won a little surfing comp and just has a wild personality, and her oh, she was the one on Ellen. That yeah. family. Yeah, they're hilarious. So, they're, so she's like, well, I. Um, when they first wanted me on 100%. the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole family's that animated. So our kids are just, they're just as animated. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I had an incredibly proud moment. I'm going to bring the girls over and then I'm going to tell you about my uh, my proud moment. Okay. Uh, so, is, boys, here they are. This is the two youngest, Shiloh and Esther. Say hello, girls. Us. Hello. Hi. Now, um, for, those who, uh, for those who don't know, I have a history of writing jingles and I had a proud moment oh, no. of signing my first. Oh, please, no. You know how I started a oh, record no. label? No. I started didn't. a record label. Has he dragged you? No, I haven't dragged him in. I inspired them and I've had a proud moment as a father because they've written a jingle and I signed Is them. Is this like one of those things where they feel like they will never be loved by their father until they write a jingle? Like is that what you I definitely love them more now. Oh <laughs> no, but uh, they've written a jingle and I recorded it, so they're on the uh, my first foreign guest artist. Oh my goodness! Let's what's, listen. What's your label called? Let's listen to the jingle. Here we go. 
Two good kids. We're two okay, good so kids. they're two good uh, kids. I've come up good. with. So they're going to ask us two good two questions. Good so they're kids. like our guest uh, interviewers. So the oh, idea, so it's not like a quiz. No, 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 no. This is like they're going to interview us. They've got questions that they really want to know, and so the girls are going to be asking questions. And I figured every time we have a guest artist or a guest a artist, guest artist, artist. 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 yeah, nice. I I'm mean, there's a lot of rumor floating big. around that Justin Bieber's starting a church, I'm so I feel big. like we could get him in here. He's got a church at home. Don't you read the papers? All I'm saying is every time we have somebody on a guest on these girls, Paul. Can actually pause. be everybody. A- pause. Yeah. Was that a joke, or do you legitimately not know that there's a massive church in the US called Church Home? Yeah, I know that's, that's what I just told you. Church called Church Home. Okay, cool. Yeah, we just told you that, Scott. <laughs> Just I before think, the show started, we told you I about it. I think I sent you that information. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal my we research. Are, we are, <laughs> Don't steal we my are research. We're five minutes into this show and I already regret it. <laughs> okay, can I just say this is about the children? Yeah. Scott, you're We're so too good. If I could co host a podcast uh. with Esther and Shiloh, I would do okay, that. Okay, so here's, here's how it's going to work. They've got two tough questions that they're going to ask each of us. So two tough questions each, mm. and we have to answer it. They're going to tell us if it's a good answer or if it's a not good answer. If it's a not good answer, we've got to try again. Okay. And we've got to give them a good answer, and we are going to subject. Oh we are going to subject every single one of our visitors or guests that we ever have on the show from now on in. And so they are from now on our guest interviewers. Who wants to start, girls? Shiloh. Shiloh. Okay, here we go. Shiloh, you're up. Who, who are you asking a question to? Um, first up, it's um Scott. Ah, this is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nervous for you. I'm nervous for me as well. What do you got, Charlie? Hit him hard. Um, I was just wondering oh. if he can speak Indian at all. Well, a oh, great question, Shiloh. <laughs> Here's the problem. India has a lot of languages and none of them are actually called Indian. So what specifically would you like me to speak? The country where Kim came from. She It's India, but she can only speak English. So is that a no? Are you saying no on the is first question of the game? Answer? Was that a disappointing answer? Oh, dear. And accept it. Okay, I can give you a word in I can give you a word that I know in Hindi. Yeah. Which is no. Indian. Let's do it. Let's and do I'll, it. And I'll give you the expression that's got to go with it. Okay? You can't just say it. You've got to do the expression with it as well. Are you ready? Okay. Gee, 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 mama. <laughs> it means no mum. Your turn, Charlie. <laughs> you, you say G, G, G. No, it's chi, chi, chi. Chi. Chi, 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 mama. Don't say no Don't to your mum. Don't say no to you. The boys are back. Oh, that was good. Esther, was Esther good. who are you asking your first question to? Scott. Oh, my goodness. What have I done? <laughs> You're in for it, mate. Oh, that's in order. What was... The name of your first kiss. <laughs> um, <laughs> got him. 
Have you vetted these questions? No. I need to say this to everyone. I have given them full autonomy. They've written their own questions. I don't know what's coming. I mean, I'm assuming it was my mum and then probably dad. No, like your crush kiss. (laughs) Got him. Got him. It was a girl named Amelia. Anyway, do I get away with that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm more nervous. I've been bailed up. I, I All right, starting easy. Charlie, that's two. That's two. That's two for you, Scott. You're done. Yeah. Two I good answers. Starting easy, and it's so getting harder. Next up, I have Dad. Okay, that's pass Simo. Here we go. <laughs> Ask your so question, Charlotte. The question is: Why didn't you marry your first girlfriend? <gasps> she was nowhere near as good as your mother. That's oh, why. It's got to be a good answer. Well, why? Yeah, you don't accept that, do you? Okay, because your mum's funnier, she's prettier, she's a better cook, she's uh, makes like she's smarter. Everything about mum is just better. Okay. Yeah, she'll take that. Plus, my first girlfriend was in Papua New Guinea. (laughs) (laughs) Shiloh is terrifying. Okay, mine's for Papa. Do you ever feel like marrying someone else? Do Do you ever feel like? (laughs) When you were a kid, did you ever feel like marrying someone else other than mum? Yeah, definitely. But a lot of those were Hollywood movie stars. Jennifer Aniston was definitely one of them really? back in the day. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, um, as in, did you watch Friends as a kid? Like, oh, that definitely. Where that's really? Yeah, yeah. Jennifer. Ooh, ooh. News goes to mama. News goes to mama. Yeah, but um, no one's as good as your mum. She's just so darn beautiful. Other than. Um, the Trinity. Ooh. Oh, bird. Bird. I'm just, All right. I'm just sorry. Are you Before happy we move on, answer? I'm just going to show you. That's who he's talking about. That's the. <laughs> I'm yeah. just showing them a picture wow. of Jennifer ooh. Aniston. Ooh. What do you mean? Ooh. Can everyone verify that is Jennifer that Aniston? That is Jennifer Aniston. I had posters. Said, I had posters. You start. Ew. starting to blush. <laughs> All right. All right. Well done. Pass. That means. All right. That's that the end of the show, right? We're done. Yeah, that means. <laughs> mix up. Oh, no. But last but least. No. <laughs> last but least. Yeah, it fits. That's last the question. Last but least. That's good. That's good All reporting right, right there. Stop. It's a last but not least. It's going to give you a Christmas present tonight, but that's oh. off the cards. <laughs> it was your first kiss. Oh, I feel like they're repeated questions here. Yeah, you've already done that question. Okay, who was your first kiss, mate? Who was your first kiss? Come on. Who was it? Who? Yeah. Uh, Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca. Oh, Rebecca who? Last name. Last name doesn't count. (laughs) Rebecca Smith. (laughs) Oh, that's not a real name. (laughs) Don't take that name. What's her phone number? We're getting her on the phone. Her phone number is 0492-684-311. Are you lying to me, Uncle Nick? No, it's not a lie on the media. Promise? (laughs) What? No, forget (laughs) it. Forget about your microphone. Hey. Forget about your headphones. Look into Shiloh's eyes. No, no. It's like looking into her, an abyss of. Tell her that you didn't lie to her. I didn't tell you all the truth there, but I can't tell you all the truth on a podcast going out on to all of our viewers. <laughs> who, who is this mysterious Rebecca? Rebecca, if it's you and your first guess was Nick, please let us know. <laughs> so next, last but not least, Uncle Nick. No, thank you. Last, no, least, thank you. No, no. Last but least, Uncle Nick. Why didn't he? Why did you not marry your first crush? 
She ran away. Really? <laughs> yeah. Happens Otherwise, you would have married her. Uh, Rebecca, you had your chance. <laughs> uh, yeah, different time. Why? Um, I think you look. Oh, we, I think we can all understand why she ran away. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we need to ask that. Right. Anyway, we're done. That was great. Good Thank job, you. girls. That's a great game. They That's were, the best. They were hard-hitting questions. I'll be honest with you. Got to play that. We've got to play it oh. with a jingle. That's how it goes. See yeah. Thanks for joining. You know what the best thing about having this on tape is? I mean, they're heading towards their teenage years. We sit them down and interrogate them. I'm going to offer to drive them to school and pump that out the stereo. No, I want to sit there and remember when you did this to us? Yeah, yeah, you go. Who's he? Who was your first kiss, Shiloh? What's his name? I don't want to think about it. The hardest bit of this is by the time that they're raised, they're they're going to be more talented than us. I know that. I've accepted that already. After two minutes there, I'd almost say it's at a par. It's happened already. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like the fact that when I corrected Esther, she had no idea that it wasn't last but least for Nick. (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. We'll put that in the opener for next week. (laughs) Um, Last but least. Guys, I made a really big promise at the top of the show and I'm going to stick to it. The funniest story we have ever shared between us. Okay. Now, Nick's pouring the wines right now. It is 3D. Um, it is 3D. There are three wines to be poured for us to have our conversation. One time we should pretend we know what we're doing and review the wine. Oh, that's such a this good one. has got a very uh, wide mouth feel with some uh, tannins and a. Mm, Nick, you bought this one. Is it the $7 variety? <laughs> 12 <laughs> <laughs> So here it is the funniest story that's ever been shared between us. I was ready for a jingle. Nick. You sent me a text on the holidays oh, saying, go. I've met your former colleague, Leezers, oh, no. former NRL <laughs> playing husband. It's pretty cool. Dane Carlaw. And I thought straight away, he's a fireman now. <laughs> Why did you meet my friend Dane Carlaw in the week of Christmas? It's Christmas night. The night of Christmas. What did you do? Oh. You want me to tell the story? 100% I do. It's the funniest. I wish I could tell stories as good. The funniest story we have shared on this through and just set us up. What's happening? Christmas day? Well, Nick's thinking about it. Let Uh, Nick establish it in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because do you remember I was over here last week? Yeah, yeah. And I showed your wife, Lisa, the text messages. Oh, yes. I'm yet to see this. And we didn't show them to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like your kids came running and were like, show us, mum. Show us what you're laughing at. Yeah. She was laughing. I'm ready. Do I get to see it before the story or do I get no, to see it? No, I don't think the text adds anything to it. I think Nick needs to tell the story of why he saw a fire. All right, All right so it goes back five years. Baby. When we got five married. Five years? No, Good no, no. Uh, stick with me. All right. It's the abridged version. When we got married. The, the abridged version uh, goes back five years. It does. It sets the scene. It's all about all context. Right. We're going to talk storytelling off, off air. 
Go. Five years. When we got married, we decided we're going to skimp out and get cheap rings so we have more money for the honeymoon and go somewhere cool. And, you nice. know, we we're pretty young. So we bought, Helen got a, you know, $100 ring or something and I got a $14. Looks nice. good. It's yeah, held yeah. up. It's been it's been a good ring. Um, turns out it's made out of stainless steel, and I'll come back to that shortly. Right, eh? And so I just had a had a sore finger. Actually, mm, Big, yeah. okay. it's pretty devastating. I had a sore finger on How'd Christmas it night. I don't know. I think I just got a little cut or something, and okay. it got a bit infection. painful and yeah. infection. And, nah, and so I thought, oh, I'll just take the wedding ring off that finger because mm. I'm gonna, you know, put some. Better Dean and whatever, and make it get it better. So I'll just take the wedding ring off that. And it's Christmas night; it's pretty painful. Just took the wedding ring off, and I thought, oh, I don't want to lose this. Like we're still got to stay here at Mum and Dad's for a bit. Jump in the car, go. For it. I'll just whack it on the other finger, and I just whacked it on the ring finger. You know, the fourth finger on my yeah, right yeah, hand yeah, instead. Right, right hand ring finger. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, oh, what's going on? It's not coming off. It's on pretty tight. It's not coming off. It's not. Oh no! This this ring is stuck on my finger, and my finger's starting to swell. Did you call the fire truck? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. To get your ring off? Oh no! I sat there and I had my Christmas dinner, and I got more and more nervous. Then I asked Helen into the spare room. She's like, "What are you doing?" The whole way through Christmas dinner, I'm just fidgeting with thinking, my finger, being like, "Oh no!" At what some have point, I done? this has got to come off. That's right. You said, you know, it, it always you always get the ring off. Helen's like, "That's not coming off." We googled. And we went through the top 15 ways to get a ring off a finger, including Windex, butter, Vaseline, oil, ice bucket of water, holding Nothing. it above your head, using a string trick where you tie up your finger and then rip a string and it's meant to pull the ring off. Didn't work. Had my uncle almost rip my arm off trying to pull the ring off the finger. Yeah, right. Reached the point, like, what do you do? My finger's starting to go blue and it's all swollen. I'm like, oh, this, this isn't good. So instead of going to the hospital... Sister's a nurse. She texted a friend who's a paramedic whose husband's with a fire in. She reckoned, oh, just go check out the fire station, give them a call. Give them a call. They're like, oh, we've got a ring cutter. Come on down. $14 ring and I wasn't too upset to lose the ring um, to get my finger back. And so I go down. They look at it. They're like, oh, we can't get that off. <laughs> what were they expecting? Well, so they've got a little manual one where they-, they Not s- his chipolatas, that's for sure. <laughs> it's I had one look at his chipolatas and say, I'm not touching that. It's almost like a little can opener type thing that they would just like twist with their hand and it would slowly cut through the uh. through the ring. But they said, oh, if that's steel or titanium or platinum, we won't be able to get that off. Like it only works on soft metal like gold uh. or silver. Like. So I'm at the fire station. They're saying they can't get when the ring off said, and my finger's going blue. When and then, they said that, did you think like, this is it? This is my life now? Like I'm about to have my finger amputated. I'm going to have to go to the hospital <laughs> and this is going to be- Getting close to your dream of being a ninja turtle. They're like, oh, look, <laughs> we're going to have to call, I forget what he, what he said, ET or something, you know, TR. I was like, oh, who's, is that like an anaesthetist to come and put me to sleep so they take the finger off or like, <laughs> what's going to happen? Anyway, they're like, no, no, we have to get technical rescue down here. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> so they've had to call and these guys must be the manliest blokes you've ever seen. Like your mate's husband who won or he drew the game for well, Queensland in 2002. He's an origin great. He's like about he's, four metres yeah. tall. His shoulders are three metres wide. Mm. He looks like Buzz Lightyear. Like he's- Can I say as a side <laughs> note while we're talking about him, one of the gentlest people I've ever met. Mm. Well, I can testify to that. He held my hand for half an hour. So enjoy that. So they arrived in their technical rescue truck, and he walks in. Lights and sirens. Uh, 
<laughs> just oh, say yes. For the sake of the story, can we just say yes? I don't know what lights you're going to do to me. Yeah, lights and sirens have rocked up. <laughs> for re- okay, cool. Um, <laughs> to make Simeon feel better, yep, lights and sirens. Okay. He rocks up and they're like, oh, well, at least it's on your finger for starters. And then he pulls out this little angle grinder, yeah. which has got this diamond diamond blade. And he had to sit there for half an hour cutting into the wow. into the ring to get it off. And then he cut through it and it still wouldn't come off. So then all the fireys grab their Leathermans out and they're all having to go to like twist the ring open to get it off the finger. And anyway, I went and washed my hand because I got dirt and stuff all over it by that stage and metal. And apparently Helen was there with me and all the other fireys, there were eight of them standing around watching. They thought it was fascinating because it's Christmas night and there wasn't anything else happening, thankfully. They say to Dane, the, the fiery who cut it off, they're like, oh, at least you didn't cut him like you cut the last bloke. <laughs> oh. No, they didn't. Apparently they did on my out of the room at this stage, but that's what Helen reliably tells me. So I got the ring off. I've got the ring at somewhere. I've lost it again already or something, but it's um no permanent damage. Other than to your ego. <laughs> yeah, I've got because no reputation left to speak of, no do doubt. I? doubt. But I got to meet a Queensland Maroons origin player who scored the winning try in the 80th minute in 2002 game three. It's epic try. We'll watch it later. But listen, I just don't think there's anything to brag about. Do you reckon he has the same high opinion of you? I hope so. Definitely. He must. What do you reckon they're talking about when they're like, what would you do tonight? Do you know what I mean? Like when they go home to their wives, what do you reckon they're saying they did that day? I think he would have said he saved a life. Yeah, maybe. So Maybe. I texted Lee, <laughs> oh, no. my friend. Oh, please <laughs> share this. Please. Scott, oh, don't hold out. <laughs> so we can extrapolate a bit from this. Oh, yes. So I have got a please tell story. Me you use, Next segment. Please tell me you use the term chipolatas in there. <laughs> <laughs> I said, your husband's working on Christmas like a hero, had to cut off a bloke's wedding ring tonight. It was one of my best mates, Nick. She replies the next day uh, and says, just heard about it. What are the odds? Here's what I took from that. Dane gets home from night shift, <laughs> walks straight in the house and goes, honey, you won't believe this. Oh, this bloke dear. got a wedding ring stuck at his chipolata. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Oh, that's, oh, that's exactly what I think happened. Yeah. And she said, tell me more. And he said his finger just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And do you think he'd stop eating Christmas dinner? No. The bloke kept on eating knowing, knowing good and well that his finger would continue to swell. So what, do you, what would you regard as the most embarrassing part of the whole story? Can I just say, this story could only happen to you, Nick. 100%. <laughs> like, I don't know anyone else <laughs> but you that would have more than one story like that. I think showing you a photo. I mean, with all the, I'm like, getting a photo. You guys Wait, you got a, a photo great. with all the firemen? Oh, I got a photo yes. with all the firemen. Well, like a little kid that's like, wow, my 100%. hero. Yeah, that's brilliant. Look at that photo. <laughs> Look at your face in there too, Nick. You don't know whether to be happy or embarrassed. Can you describe Dane's expression (laughs) in this photo? God, this is not like one of the Easter Island. (laughs) Shouldn't I be out putting houses, putting houses out? I'm a hero, and this is what I'm doing. You know what his number one thought is? This isn't the 80th minute of a game of Origin. That's for sure. 
I reckon there were three <laughs> scary or bad moments that you're just like, what am I doing? The first is like, that's not coming off. And you're like, oh, yeah, oh that like that, that moment of just, oh, no, like what have you done? Because it, like I wasn't being an idiot. I wasn't riding around the back of a ute. Or, you know, like I wasn't being stupid and fell off on Christmas night and hurt. Which would have been an amazing story. I know. It would have been a great story. Do stupid <laughs> your, things. Your story. It is-, is so domestic and benign and middle-aged and terrible. Yeah. Uh, the second moment was when they were like, yeah, we can't get that off. And, again, it's that moment of dread, like, well, what's going to happen? And then the third one is when you have to make small talk with these fireys whose job it is to run into burning buildings. Yeah. And you're just there because you're an idiot. You know, there's certain things that I've said this before that I think that there's certain sounds, noises, or terms that you don't want to hear professionals say. Yeah, a professional fire fire person or, or or someone who does rescues for a living, you don't want them to say, "Oh, good, I don't know what we're going to do with this." That's not comforting oh, yeah. no, at all. No, I've got a dentist story like that. Medical professional. <laughs> I, had, I had a medical. I had a medical story. So I was camping with my with my dad and, and a family friend of ours way back when. And I, when my, was it? Way back when. I just said that. <laughs> Does this idiot listen? Honestly, uh, is your finger still sore from your getting your ring stuck? Anyway, so I I. <laughs> I we're, we're swimming in this waterhole, and I I run into my dad at this point, and and I hit my hand into into my dad, and what what's going on? Nothing. You hit your hand. Anyway, I know straight away something's wrong. I think it dislocated, so I try and fix it. Blah blah blah. Long story short, go to the hospital. The person doing the X-ray just makes this sound. Ooh. <laughs> There's certain sounds you don't want a medical because professional Because this is a to- guy that is just seeing injuries like this all, all the day. time. There's sounds that you don't want it to make and one of them is, oh, that's not good. That's not good. What's your dentist story? Uh, so when we were living in remote WA, I had to get a wisdom tooth. It blew up bad and they had to pull it out. Fireman again? <laughs> Jaws of life. <laughs> So I put my ring on my tooth. Dane, fly over, Dane. <laughs> Dane. No, and he's he's had to cut. I don't know if you've had much dental work, but they had to cut the tooth in half. And it's like a one dentist town at 900 kilometres from the coast and 2,000 kilometres from Perth, which is the closest real city. Mm. And he's, he's cut half the tooth. He's just cut it into like four pieces and it's all numbed up. And he's like, oh. I don't know if I can get this out. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, uh, you've what now? <laughs> I think I'm going to be sick. But what, like, there's not enough drugs in the world to deal with dental pain to drive or fly 2,000 kilometres. Like, oh, I disagree. I think there is. I don't know. <laughs> so, what did conscious. you, what happened? He ended up cutting it into like 19 pieces and pulled all the little bits of the tooth out. And then I got a dry socket. And if you've had wisdom tooth problems, you oh, know what that is. When, when you have Pain. wisdom teeth out, they talk about Pain. the risk of dry socket. What like is dry socket? As if it's death. Yeah. So you have to keep the wound wet. It's like a wound, but you have to keep it wet because it goes straight into the bone. And if it dries out- it's just horrendous pain for some reason. How long did this it? This is what I'm saying. How long did this it? This is take, your story. This is your life. How bro. long did it take for the dry socket to? Oh, about the next day, I woke up and I was like, "This is bad," and I had to drive the hour and a half back up to the dentist. <gasps> and I got there and I said, "I think I've got a dry socket." And they're like, "Yeah, you got a dry socket. So they have to, you know, recut it, make the gum bleed, then patch Good. it all up." And the 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 receptionist or the dental assistant, sorry, whatever they're called, was there, and she's like, "Oh, this is worse than labour." So I went home. Helen, that oh, was worse than labour. You flipping idiot. Apparently. But apparently it's pretty painful. 
not recommended. Uh, well, anyway. I guess I'm saying this is your, your story after story like this. I call it a magnet, I think. But it, you, you also can't talk because I don't know anybody who I have the same odds of calling on any given day and getting a response. <laughs> oh, we're just at the hospital. <laughs> I've got a big family. That's just the way we roll. Oh, that is the, we live, the reason. We live life on the edge. I've had weird sports injuries though. No, I've the last you five times you've played sport, I've played sport with you. The last yeah. five times you've been to the hospital have been right after we played sport. <laughs> there was rugby and then there was cycling and then there was basketball yeah. and then there was um, that. But proper ones too. Remember when we played basketball yeah. and they were You like, were tough. You just kept playing. You were tough. Thanks, bro. But I remember I like it shattered my ankle and didn't even realize and kept on playing because I thought I just I just rolled just it. Rolled it, you'll be right. You'll be just right. rolled it. Turned out I'd shattered five bones within the ankle oh structure. My gosh. Yeah, he's but tough. I didn't realize, and so I just literally I just kept on playing and just t- I literally tightened my shoe and thought I'll be right. And then about just 20, to be clear, this isn't minutes. a professional game of basketball for money. This is five people mucking around after church. Yep. But go on. Yep. Yeah, but I'm you're just, tough. That's the point, I think, of this story we're taking. Yeah, I think away. so. I Aren't think you? So. I mean, like, I wouldn't have gone to a fireman and gone, can you cut my ring off? <laughs> Probably would have just bit my finger off. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> sort of going, like, yeah. Well, I, hope, <laughs> I hope you get a ring stuck in your finger. <laughs> there must have been a time in that story, Nick, where, like, the olive oil wasn't working, where, like, the Windex wasn't working, and you were just, like, we are in trouble here. Yeah. You really like surely one of these will work. Like this can't be that uncommon. And I don't know. I mean, even the fact that the firefighters ring opener didn't work. Yeah. Crazy. Worried Absolutely me. crazy. Got a new business idea, guys. How was your holiday? Yeah, it was good. Uh, my daughter got a learner permit. So oh, you've been no. out driving. Yeah, I'm going to capture some audio so everyone can feel talk my about pain. Next week. Yeah, we'll talk about it more next week. But I can tell you this. There have been a few unbelievable, like so far, just to put it in perspective, we've run through a red light. We've gone across a crossing with somebody on it. We've not, we've failed to give way at a roundabout. We've nearly run over a gutter. Um, and then I'll tell you about an eyes driving next week. <laughs> <laughs> Why, who was that? That was, uh, I, I refused <laughs> to name my wife. On air. How? <laughs> when, you, when you arrive back here at <clears throat> Palace de Hoffman after you've been driving with Anaya, yeah. what is your relationship with each other like? Look, to be honest with you, if I didn't take a moment to debrief, I think we may not be friends anymore. But we, we de- like it's, man, it's full on. I'll be honest with you guys. Dr- like teaching somebody to drive mm. is actually really scary. She's like, she is getting better. And there's no doubt about it. But there have been so many laws that have been broken in the last month and that she's had her learner's permit. But mm. I, I can't even, like, I don't, I don't understand how people do this. Like, it, I have a new respect for people who run a business as a Yeah, but do you reckon that drive. because she's your daughter, she's a little bit more loose in how, like her attitude in how she talks back to you and all of that? Whereas if you're it's a driving instructor. Back. It's not the talking back. It's more just like I think it's just that the fact that there's been times where I'm like, oh, I literally have to grab the wheel here. Otherwise, we're going to run into that car. And <laughs> there's times where she has like just stopped in the middle of a roundabout. For, for being like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We've all been there. Have we? Yeah, that was have the other did? way over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we've all been there. 
Yeah. Oh, oh, that's hard. Yeah, driving is one of the really funny things. I remember um, when I was first working in radio, like my last year of school, and my boss at the time was like, you know, bro, being on air, it, it's, it eventually is just like driving, you know, like it's just all how you – wait, you haven't started learning to drive yet. <laughs> but then like I feel like – Within months of getting your license, it's it doesn't just take long. So smooth. It doesn't take long. It's just there's so you don't actually realize. Actually, it's been interesting to realize you don't think about how much you do, and it becomes so instinctive. Yeah, you so, you watch when you drive like the first minute, and you'll probably take in. I reckon in that first minute, three hundred different inputs into your brain to help inform what you do, and they're all passive. Yeah. I like the fact that you said 300 different inputs there because it's just a random number that you've made up. There's no facts <laughs> behind it, but you're so confident. No, no I counted. That, so, that was my experience. No, that's, so, my lived, <laughs> that's my lived experience. That's my truth. There's so much confidence in it. It's just like, yeah, no, like at least 300 decisions. And I like that we're living in a And this is and called age. confirmation bias as I Google to find how many inputs per minute when driving. And I like the fact that we're living in a day and an age where you don't need facts to make a statement. You can just make a statement anytime you want, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not about fact, it's about what we believe. Yeah. I really, I really don't like that time of. I think this is, this is, this is inspirational. Oh, in what way? I've had an epiphany. Okay. I've had an idea, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about if we give a moment every couple of weeks or every now and then? And our listeners can call in. We'll work out a way for them to call in. Or maybe even we ourselves can make the most outlandish statements we like. Yeah. Look, 300. Look at that chart. 300, that's not, that's 300. Not a, that's no. not even a real chart. It is a real chart. That's I like just a, showed you. That's like that's a, some good drawing on your phone. Yeah, yeah we find a way to do what. Okay, so what if we just make whatever outlandish statements we want and because we're not living in a day and an age where facts really matter, it's all about, well, I believe it to be true, therefore it is yeah. true. You come out and be like, Simeon Hoffman is the greatest preacher in the world. Fact. Fact. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about if that sound effect that you just played, which was perfect timing? Punch. What if, yeah. What about if it's like it's a knockout blow? So it's like you can make whatever statement you want and you just finish it by going, hey, listen, I don't care about the facts. This is what I believe. Yeah. Boom, try it now. Make an outlandish statement, Scott. Go for it. You know how it's been raining all night while we were recording this podcast? Yeah. You know, like a metre of rain has fallen on your house. A me- I'm talking a metre. You know, they say like 100 mils? That can't be true. I'm talking 10 times that. That can't be true. Mate, there's a dude on YouTube explaining how it happened. Go watch it. You know, do some research yourself for once. <laughs> Boom, that's it. Nick, give us one. Give us one, Nick. Outlandish statement. I don't have any. I'm just such a pragmatic realist. <laughs> you know, I'm so it's thoughtful. Like, I'm so it's deeply it's considerate like- of other people's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Nick says genuinely with Nick's personality. It's like, no. it's an outlandish statement. So He's like, well, McDonald's serves slightly unhealthier foods than others. <laughs> Oh, we could talk about the Sydney Roosters and how they've been systematically rorting the salary cap for years because they prop up the NRL overall. We could talk about that. Is that an outlandish statement? I don't see anyone hitting the knockout blow there. Probably the applause statement. (laughs) Rorting the salary cap as a bunch of East Coast cheats. Where's the proof of them rorting the salary cap? The proof's just on their playing roster. what he believes. there we go. All right, come on, Simo, give us one. Uh, okay, I've got one, boys. Um, actually, don't have one. I didn't think about one before. Oh, we I started. sit here and we pick oh. on Nick. Yeah. Okay. Listen. Um, intern anymore. This year is going to be the most 
incredible year of life-changing transformation that you've ever seen. I know for a fact that every single desire that you have this year, mm. Scott, is going to be yours. How can you How can you know that? It's not about facts. It's, what do I, it's about what I believe. But you said oh. you know for a fact. I know. It's a- <laughs> 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 I like it. Do you like oh, yeah. it? Yeah, I hate it. But it's freeing, isn't it? <laughs> it's freeing living in a day where facts don't matter. It's about what you believe. We're now on the northeast American coast at a liberal arts college. Thanks for tuning in tonight. <laughs> All right, go we, hug each other. We now. gotta play our game. You don't know you were there. You don't know you weren't. Do we there. have a jingle for this? I just feel like I'm no. surprised we don't. It's got a symphony orchestra that Simeon's been trying to listen. Listen, they were all coming over from the UK, but then there was that new COVID thing, <laughs> and they were all infected. And they were all infected. I just love that we've been working on this for three months, and a nine and ten year old came up with a jingle in hours. And a better segment. It's put us there. No, this is the best. Amelia. It's the all-time great. Rebecca Smith. (laughs) Always so terrified (laughs) about looking at a 10-year-old girl's eyes and telling the name of your first. I did. How long ago was it? Why does it it matter what her last name is? Or maybe you don't remember. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. It's it's biblical Old Testament. It's Rebecca Young and it's his cousin. So <laughs> we don't need facts, it's what we believe. Yes. It's what we believe. If you ever try and run for politics, I will tell people. It's on air. This is yeah. live. It's yeah. going out. You guys be. are good. You don't know, you weren't there. <laughs> it's time for my favorite game we play. Uh basically someone brings a scripture. Did you get it? I sent you the audio track for this. Should, should the, be it should be up. One job. Should have gone. It, it, it's, it's one job. Are you telling me it's all been about, lost in the internet? It's all about. Oh, while I turn the mics the <laughs> of the other people down, um, it's all about a scripture which uh, you know what you might have even heard in the Bible before. It could even be quite common. It's been talked about at church. It's been talked about at school in Sunday school. But then when you listen to it a little bit closer, you realise, gee, that's a bit odd. Mm. You don't know you weren't there, Nick. You're up. I feel like I'm always up. I feel like it's always me, but I'm excited tonight. It's our only way to get you to read the Bible. It's (laughs) (laughs) Nick actually did read the scripture in the last episode, so you back up. Here we go. Jonah. Jonah. You know the guy? Yeah. Heard of him? There's two interesting bits. I think most people, Jonah won. I think most people. What did he win? That was good gear. <laughs> he, he won a cruise. He won a sea cruise. Ocean views. That was less good. <laughs> oh, come on. He tried. Give he him tried. a go. Yeah. Anyway, Jonah won. So there's two interesting bits. So Jonah runs away uh, from the Lord. Uh, Jonah's like, I want you to go there and pretty much be a missionary. And Jonah's like, mm, no thanks. He went away. He went mm-hmm. down to Joffrey, mm-hmm. jumped on a ship. Uh, the Lord's like, that's not what I told you to do and threw up this nasty storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Old sea. Testament God is so emotional. He mm. is. Can I say? Mm. He was 16 at the time, so, <laughs> you know, comparatively to now. So he must be 78. Oh, rapture, what? Um, <laughs> did Nick just, did Nick just have an entire conversation <laughs> yeah. with himself? Did you just have a brain aneurysm or a mini No, no, because if he was 16 hour? then and that much time has passed, he must be about 78 now, so the time is coming. Should we? What if Simo and I go for a walk and you finish this? I can do that. 
I'll do that real good. <laughs> so anyway, they're out on a boat. He's with a bunch of blokes he's never met. Um, they've had to throw all the cargo overseas to lighten it because the ship's about to go under. And then the seven, they're like, the blokes on the ship, come let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. Why are you speaking like a pirate? Because they're clearly <laughs> pirates on the sea. Okay. Scottish pirate there. So they cast lots. Wait, what? Is, do we know what casting lots is? I think it's dice. I'm just, it's not dice, dice, but it's pretty much dice. It's gambling. I love that they're just like, eh. Whoever loses is obviously is the problem. Obviously them, yeah. Well, but, but there's a spiritual work, element. You just keep casting a lot. But there's a spiritual element to it because they're like, and then we will know on whose account this evil is. It's not just casting lots to throw the weakest one over or the loser over. They're like, this will show us who the evil <laughs> person is. It's yeah. like throwing witches in the river to see who floats. Yeah. Wait, what? Carry uh, on. Just carry on. Oh, <laughs> that's a good story. They used to throw witches in in the river, and if they sunk, they weren't a witch. If they floated, yeah, they were like a witch. A, you, you die. Your death is like a sacrifice. Oh, they weren't a witch, Do you know what but the modern version of that is? What? When you put a ring on the right hand <laughs> <laughs> finger and if they can get it off, they're not a witch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that funny. <laughs> Deeply personal and you've just marketed this for your own <laughs> editorial gain. This is the Correct. media of 2021 for Correct. you, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely it is. So they cast lots. So I've, I reckon that's interesting, the fact that they call this divine understanding by casting lots. Mm. Yeah. Well, we're going to sit here and see who the best podcaster is by rolling a dice. Where's the dice? <laughs> Get a dice. Oh, it was a six. No, we're going lowest number, Scott. Sorry. Well, let's decide before we start and let's cast a lot. Like cast a well, dice. let's do it then. Go get I'm a dice. Keen. All right, I'll get yeah. a dice right now. <laughs> and Simeon is not getting. Oh, he is. He's getting his dice. The awkward stairs making him get a dice. It's got to be one. It's a dice. So we carry on then while he's getting his dice. We carry on. And then they, he says, right, oh, well, if you throw me overboard, the sea will quiet down for you. I'm doing the wrong thing. So they throw him overboard. The sea quietens down. And then. It does feel like before they cast lots, it could have just been like, it was. It's me. It's actually, me. Not. it's not Jeffrey. It's me, yeah. Jonah. We'll do the dice at the end. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't want you to have to sit through the rest of the show not being the best. So, the Lord will surely shine His face upon me. That's the another verse we'll come to. <laughs> so he thrown overboard. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow him up, and he was in the belly of the fish three days and three. Make sense of that? That's not possible. Like yeah. in, in Jesus, in God, all things are possible. Yeah, but Do we assume it's a whale? Oh, we assume it's it. It's a fish of some sort. Yeah, it might be a whale. I don't think the Bible's a scientific manual. Look like a fish, smelt like oh. a fish, probably a fish. It was just big. Okay. I assume it was big. But isn't that just wild? Yes, it is wild. Is that, is that it? Yeah, that's, that's all I was looking so at. So what's the part there that you find the most wild? Casting lots, yeah, and God speaking through that because He did—that's mm. wild. And then I—I I still can't fathom this whole belly of the fish for three days thing. Well, he was inside the fish for three days, so I suppose it depends on where he was in there for three days. Heck of a fish, hey? Maybe it was a submarine. You know what I mean, like that's an early a good point. World's first really is that the world's first submarine though? It's possible. That's a good point. It's possible. Wow. This is actually a really significant scripture too, by the way, because obviously Jonah is one of the prophets mm. as a book, and so um, if you look at the if you look at the story of Jonah and and how that sort of takes place, the fact that he's in the belly of the 
of the um, of the fish for three days. It's obviously s- sort of symbolizes the same process that Jesus went through. Then he obviously goes to the town of Nineveh. When I say obviously, for those who don't know, he goes to this town of Nineveh and he tells them what, what they're doing is wrong, but then the people of Nineveh turn and then the grace of God is shown upon them. But similar to what happens with Jesus is that Jesus is in this the, the belly of the earth for three days and then he rises again and tells people, hey, what you're doing is wrong. People have the opportunity to either repent or not repent. And then they get the result of if they repent, they get the grace of God over their lives. So it's actually quite a significant story. And the casting of lots that took, takes place, um, I actually don't know if they do cast lots. or if They cast he, lots for Jesus' um, robes. That's exactly yeah. right. Stuff, yeah. So they? that's why Jesus, when he says no sign will be given except for the sign of Jonah, um, that's what he's talking about when he talks about that as well. Really? Yeah, the casting of lots, believe it or not, I know this is somewhat controversial, but if I'm honest, it's actually more of a biblical concept than what you realise. Yeah, yeah, that's but how. That's Betty, do you mean biblical in terms of it's ordained or blessed or called out or it just appears in the Bible? It appears in the Scripture a number of times and even in the New Testament as well. So there is, there's precedence for it in the Scripture. Yeah, but where they do Conceptually, it in- the idea is to actually go, God, I actually want to give you control. And so that you just surrendering something over, so a, a dice or whatever it might be, that is, an, that is an elemental thing. And you're saying, if it lands like this or if it is this, then I, I know it's, it's you that's speaking to me. It's similar to what um, uh, just trying to remember his name, the one who put out the fleece, uh, Gideon. 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 Similar to what Gideon did when he put out the fleece. The concept is you take this elemental thing and actually go, God, I'm surrendering control over to you. The the, the thing that it, it's tangible, it's physically able to be seen, and so that's what makes it. And if there's an agreement, if there's two or three that are agreed on it, then then we can kind of go, okay, we we know that that thing. Is real, so I know that it sounds strange, but it isn't the worst way to make decisions if you actually, if you're in relationship and communication with the, mm. with the Spirit of God while you're making those decisions. Yeah, the, the, I think part of it is watching your own reactions once you've done it. Mm. So th- there's been times where I, I've literally flipped a coin, going, "God, I'm really confused. I really don't know what your voice is saying. I, I feel torn and conflicted." I sort of flipped a coin and have stuck with the decision that the coin has sort of shown, like literally gone, God, I'm going to flip this coin because I actually I don't know what the right decision here is. And that, I reckon that's an important point is that it seems to be used through the Bible when when you need an impartial decision, when you're at a log, you know, you're at a, you're at a jam, you're not sure what to do, you're not sure. Yes. Because you're given wisdom. You can yes. pray for wisdom and you can pray for understanding and you can actually receive that and then act in accordance with that. Yes. You can receive work, you can receive all of that, mm. but sometimes you just and is it the blue one or the red one? Well, like I don't well, know. Exactly right. And sometimes it's also by the way, I'm talking not talking here about things that are moral or things that are that are sort of not lining up with the word of God. So, mm. you know, I've heard people say, Oh, I felt it's like good. God said to divorce my wife and so and go and marry this other person. It's like, well, that doesn't line up with what the scripture says. You can flip a coin until you're, you know, blue in the face. And sometimes people do that. You hold your I, breath when you flip a coin. Yeah, yeah, you got oh, okay. it. You got right. it. Right. Um, so, well, until you're blue in your ring finger. Either way. <laughs> got him. <laughs> um, so I think the thing is, like, you can look at it and kind of go, okay, if we're not talking about a moral decision, if we're talking about a decision that actually has not ethical, moral, or, or, um, sort of spiritual consequences, but actually has some sort of impact on our lives. Yeah. Mm. It isn't actually 
it isn't an ungodly idea or concept to to allow that to make your decisions. Now, if you're relying on that, that then becomes your God. So I, I, I wouldn't say if it becomes like a habitual thing that you can no longer make a decision without casting lots or flipping a coin, that's a bad thing. But there's also something ma- magnificent about the reality that you can surrender control over to God in that way in your life and and learn and have obedience in it. So I, I find that part of the story kind of soothing and encouraging, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's cool. I, I'll, yeah, I've never thought it because one of the things I thought about was like, oh, you know, you're just trying to get rid of responsibility for decision-making or, you know, it's almost chance. Sure. It's almost gambling. But then when I thought about it, if you're genuinely unaware of the right decision to make. Yeah. If you're not just using it as a cop out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also being obedient to the decision because there's times, excuse me, there's times where I've done that and I flipped a coin and it hasn't been what I actually wanted, but I've still made the choice to be obedient to that decision. I've got, oh man, you know, like I, I, to be honest with you, it's even sometimes been on on purchasing a bigger ticket item where I've been like, oh, I'm unsure whether I should do this. Yes, I've got the money for it, but God, is this the wise thing to do right now? And and I'm sort of toing and froing, and I've flipped a coin and it's gone against what I actually wanted to. And and in the end, you know, two weeks or three weeks later, I'm so glad mm. that I've made the decision to kind of go, okay, God, I'm so glad that I trusted you in this circumstantial situation. And really, in, in a lot of ways, it's no different to when you're knocking on any door or you're sort of seeking God in another way. You might be applying for two or three jobs at once. Mm. Scott, I know you went through a process. You were applying for a couple of jobs. And I said to you, mate, just hand it over to God. Like mm. actually give him the ability to, to make the decision for you by saying, Okay, God, if if I hear back from these people by this time, then I'll know that you're speaking on it. Do you remember that? Like, mm, and, yeah. And it's, it's the same, it's same really, concept. It's also really revealing in terms of where your heart's really at as well. Yeah. When you really feel like you have to let go of the decision, that can be so revealing in where your heart's at. I think that's the key. Yeah. But Jonah, interestingly, Jonah struggled with the reality that the grace of God could be over Nineveh. It's a really interesting part of the story, isn't it? Where yeah. he he's almost um, like, for lack of a better term, he's pissed off that God's blessing Nineveh. Well, I think the thing is, I th- my my take on it is that he feels embarrassed that he said to Nineveh, "All this bad stuff's going to happen," and now that it didn't happen, it's going to make it look like he doesn't know what he's talking about, or he doesn't know how to do what he, you know, like he's not a real prophet. So I think. For Jonah, the reason he struggled, one of the reasons he struggled, his ego was on the line. That in itself is another deep lesson, is that sometimes we've got to surrender our ego. And I think Jonah's got a whole bunch of lessons. But one of the one of the key lessons is if we want the grace of God to be flowing through us and evident in us, then the, the first thing that we have to do is surrender our ego. Mm. And all of those lessons... It's, I would say, the favourite joke of um, the senior pastor of our movement of City Point. Have you seen, have you seen um, Pastor Mark pull out the Jonah joke? No, which one? I love it. Where he'll be speaking on call or he'll be speaking on purpose or he'll be speaking on obedience to God and then he'll be like, um, and you know when you don't follow those things, well, I mean you turn to Jonah 5. And then because, you know, he's always got the scripture on the screen behind yeah, him yeah, yeah. and he looks at the presenting people and goes, Jonah 5, Jonah 5. And everyone's looking at the presenting people going, why are you putting his scripture up? <laughs> there is no Jonah 5. Yeah, yeah. He right. didn't. He wasn't obedient. He 
didn't follow his call. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, that's right. Could have been yeah. could have been a great man of the Bible. But but you look at his story and it is so sort of it is weird. And 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 to be honest with you, I don't want to be one of those people like we we joked about it before and I I, I do really enjoy this new segment that we've created where it's not about the facts, it's what I believe. But even with things like this in the Bible, I think sometimes Christians can actually not want it. And this is why I really do love this segment. I think it's so valuable. And can I encourage you, if you are a Christian and you're listening to this, is that if you listen to this part of it or if you, even if you're exploring and want to know, know that the three of us actually do care about, we want the Bible to make sense. When it says that he was swallowed by a fish for three days, I do want to work out how. I want to know how did that happen? Why did that happen? And I don't want to be one of those Christians who are like, oh, I don't care. It's just, you know, you just got to believe. 100%. Like, I, I like yeah, the, the, I feel like, sorry, I realize we're like nearly an hour in, but this, I think one of the most heartbreaking things of the last couple of years is we've seen people who are leaders within church movements denounce their faith and denounce their belief in God. And when you read these very genuine reasons why they're doing it, mm. I'm not picking on them at all because their reasons are coming from their heart. When you read them, you go, oh, man, you just drunk the Kool-Aid. Yeah, 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 that's you it. You just said, I believe that because someone told me I believe that. And, I, I, and we refuse to do that and, and we want you to refuse to do that because there's a, there's a strength in asking the questions and figuring it out. So let's figure it out together. I like Nick. that. Hey, you know what it is? What <laughs> time, time it is? The Nick show. We got to wrap up. Uh, yeah. Are you doing a message this Friday? Is that back? Got or? it. Back. Well, there's a message coming up this Friday. It'll, it'll be in this feed from Pastor Simo. Yep. Lunch Out Loud will be back. Oh, great. That'll be in this feed too. We'll be back next week as well. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow the Simo Hoffman Facebook page. Final word though, that comes from Nick. Like if I took you back five years to no, I'm not going to do that again. No, so I've been I've been doing a bit of reading over the holidays. Been reading The Art of War by Sun Tzu. Oh, interesting book. It's almost like Chinese proverbs on strategy and war and fighting and business. And it's been is that where the phrase "keep your enemies closer" comes from? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so one of one of his sayings, which I find interesting, and I, I love grappling with our conversations when I'm reading and vice versa, and weighing up all these different worldviews in a way and how they fit together or don't, is he says, if you know yourself and you know your enemy, you never have to fear a hundred battles. And I think that's the same for us. If you know yourself, like being a Christian and studying the word and understanding who God is and just how much he loves you, is not separate to understanding who you are and your purpose. So if you understand those two things, you really don't have to fear anything. But also you should learn about your enemies. You should learn about that nasty job you don't want to do at work and be the best at it so you beat it. Anyway. That was good. Couple of thoughts. Yeah. That was actually really deep. I thought you were just going to say, don't put your ring on your other finger. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, went gonna... real deep there. <laughs>